It's about 84 degrees, high humidity, lots of beautiful blue skies above, some white puffy clouds. And our, I believe this is our third airport car cast? Something like that. We are in Cancun, and we welcome you to the Bearded Airport cast. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we have, we've just concluded uh, about a five-day run in Mexico. Does it upset Mexico. you? Or does it anger you that we didn't really get shaken down on the way <laughs> through the airport the second time? That was so much fun coming into uh, Cancun. Yeah, you had to fill out the piece of paper that no one's actually asked for yet. Uh, and they were, we were kind of threatened that it would be like 80 bucks if you lost it. I love the seriousness it. that people took at filling out a paper form. Like, yeah. like you were going to get arrested right. if you didn't have it filled out properly. No, but how about this, right? So, you know, obviously when you travel in America, you just pick up your bag and you go. But when you go overseas, uh, when you come back to the United States, you have to obviously go through customs. And we, uh, we were given some, some good advice. Like, just keep walking as if you, you know, be confident. Don't, don't you know, don't act hem, like you don't belong ha- there. Act like you belong there. Well, we did that. And we still got pulled over. That's right. Um, <laughs> on the way out of the airport. Set the scene, Dave. Leaving uh, the Cancun airport for the, uh, the Hard Rock Resort where the games were played and where we spent all our time, they wanted to look at our baggage. No problem. Right. So they uh, opened up the radio equipment. They opened up the cameras, all of the technology we bring with us. And they did a very long and thorough search. But well, you got had, the white glove treatment. I did, but they had no idea what they were looking at. <laughs> so we, we have a wide range of equipment. Some of them are cords that cost three dollars, right. and some of them are pretty pricey yeah. gear. Yeah. And, and we're thankful that Winthrop has good gear because it makes our radio broadcast sound crisp and clear and reliable without major technical problems. The most expensive stuff. The Mexicans had no issue with whatsoever. Right. They, they did not well, see it as um, a big deal. Right. The audio codec, which translates the signal back to the radio station, uh, it was the mixer that got you into trouble. Right. So apparently Mexico has a rule that they tax things that are valued at over $300, 19% for bringing them into the country. Yeah. And if you total up all of our gear, including your nice laptop yeah. and iPads and the radio equipment, I mean, we have easily into five figures worth of equipment. Right. And they decided that all of the things I had were $600 worth of inventory, <laughs> yeah. and we would be taxed 19%. Right. And I personally can't wait to give that invoice to Winthrop and have them read the Spanish uh, invoice and surely cut a check for 120 bucks. So we get we get pulled over and separated. So I was on like the table on the left. You were on the table across the alleyway to my right. And, you know, I'm going, you know, the guy's going through everything. And he's, he's looking through stuff, and he's asking me questions, and I really have no idea what he's saying. I don't speak Spanish, even though I'm, what? I am Portuguese, but I don't speak Spanish. So, but I, I, I decided to go the Mickey the Dunce route, and I just said basketball tournament. And then every time he would ask me a question, I would just kind of repeat that and not say anything else. And then he looked at in his camera. I said, yeah, camera. We're here for the basketball tournament. Right. And, and he then, just kept on walking. And then, and then he, well, I, you know, I don't know this to be true, right? But, you know, uh, even though we say Pacheco, in, in Latin America, I think even in Spain and Portugal, it's Pacheco. So I think I, I think he saw my back. I, I think I may have gotten away with a little bit of. So you think he, you're one of him? I think you're, I th- you're one. I think I think because I had a. a your a, complexion didn't give it away. No, well, but that's my name. Doesn't right. matter what my complexion is. 
Right. So I think I think I got kind of the you know kind of the wink and the nod like all right go ahead. So meanwhile you got you got the, yeah so I, I got the Spanish Inquisition. So I'm getting ready to go and I had this like split second decision. I'm like, do I wait and hang around? I'm like, it can only be bad if I hang around. Like I just need to like let let you need to handle it and I'll just wait for you. And that's you. exactly what I would have done. No, totally as far as I'm concerned, but I mean you had. But I look over at one point. You're on your phone. She's on a phone. Everything is out now. When we pack our stuff, you know, we're, we're pretty meticulous about putting it in like plastic. Every like every like. Tupperware you had every plastic bag was laid out on this table. I was like, oh boy. So that's not the best part of the story. So not then, even close. So then, so then, I uh, I exit out to the uh, to where like we're supposed to kind of marshal to get on the bus, and I'm waiting for five minutes, ten minutes. I think fifteen or twenty minutes goes by, and I'm I'm inching my way back closer to the to the door, and I, I know there's no because there was a guard there, and I know there's no way I could get back in. And I was like, geez, I, I felt terrible. And I had no cell service, so I was like, I, I, I love that you felt terrible. If I did. The I felt terrible. If the roles had been reversed, I would have been like, he'll be good. He's going to get through this. You know, prison in Mexico is not that bad. Exactly. <laughs> no, but so then. We didn't do so anything then, no, 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 so, no, we didn't. So after about 20 minutes, these two uh, Russian federale type guys come flying by and run right into the. Russian federale? Rushing, rushing. Not Russian, rushing. These two Mexican federales went rushing back into like the customs inspection area, and I was like, "Oh, geez, what did Dave do now?" <laughs> but so that's not even the best part of the not story. Not even close. <laughs> so as it turns out, well, and I, I think we should leave the name of the school. I think we should leave that right. Out of so the, there, there are eight schools that are coming to the tournament, yeah. and eight schools therefore have athletic trainers and radio right. people and yeah. a wide variety of people that have various technology yeah. and things that could be deemed to be worth more than $300 and therefore taxed. And it seemed very random. Some people, like our athletic trainer, Jeff Lahr, kind of got a very full look through yeah. and, and shakedown, but they determined he didn't have anything of value or right. they just let him go or whatever right. it right. was. One of the other schools. One of the other schools had an athletic trainer that they kind of took everything out of his bag and they determined that's worth four bucks, that's worth $11, that's worth $24, and they that's totally what made me laugh. It's like, okay, that thermometer, uh, we'll, we'll do $5 on that, we'll do $10 on the STEM machine, we'll do $15 on all your bandages. But the best <laughs> part of the story, and it's oh not my God. close, one of the other radio stations. So, yeah. Northwestern is th- on. We're leaving out names of this. Why? Schools because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. So one of the Power Five schools located in the Midwest that was at the tournament <laughs> is has their games on a very major radio station in a huge media market, right. a top five media market. Right. And Perfect. this guy is an engineer, and he's been in the business a very long time, and he has a lot of gear. I mean, a very thorough, full amount of radio equipment. Now, and what validated you was the fact that he had the same Comrax access unit that we just acquired and then the backup one that we had. He had the same thing. I like that you used the word acquired as if we didn't well, buy it. Well, the school it. acquired it, yeah. So, I mean, we just bought it. We bought a new piece of radio gear. We but, acquired it. Yes, it was acquired. But it wasn't it wasn't uh, in the dark of night in a back alleyway. We bought it from Mike Phelps at SCMS in Pineville. A- any- a- anyway, you ask this guy. Yeah. No, no. So, so, you, so you're 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 like unload. You're, so we the, we're packing up after the first up game. Go, right. and He's so, setting up for his first right. So game. I go over and and you know me. I, I'm a sucker for radio engineers. Like those are my people. So I went over and I said, hey. So uh, not didn't even interrupt. I said, hey. So uh, did you get shaken down at the airport? And I was not prepared for the answer. I, <laughs> I got. It was such a good answer. It was such a great answer. He said, well, they had me there for like an hour and a half. And they, they had 
everything laid out. They took everything out, everything you know, one by one, and they, they, they started giving me all this trouble. And I immediately pulled out my, I think he called it a CERTA. It's a, essentially a U.S. passport for equipment. Allegedly. Allegedly. And he said, listen, you cannot tax this. And then he said they went away for like half an hour, 45 minutes. And they, they came back and they took his cell phone. But that's not even the best part of the no, story. No, it's not. So after about, I don't know, 70 or 80 minutes, I think he'd had enough. So he looks at the, the guy. Now, all these uh, inspectors were wearing, like, it looked like desert camouflage. And they had, uh, I think essentially he said National Guard. So he goes, listen. This is the most American thing you've ever heard. And I want you to picture a guy that's probably late 50s, kind of a grizzled guy, a oh, bigger very friendly. guy, but, 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 very, but, friendly. Yeah, very friendly. And he says to them, Mike. He's like, he sizes them up and he goes, listen, I'm a lot bigger than you. You don't have a gun. You're a weekend warrior. I'm leaving here in five minutes. If you want to tackle me, take your chances. Go ahead. Five minutes later, he was out the door. <laughs> I believe he also mentioned that he had a decorated war veteran yeah. in his oh, family. That, well, yeah, he said, but look, you don't have a gun. You're a weekend warrior. I'm leaving. And then, he, and then he, at one point, he told the story about he had a, a brother that was uh, in the Airborne and and the guy, and the guy, kind of recognized. And off he you know, went. Game has game. Yep. And then With he his talked his way. And you know what? He didn't get charged. He didn't get charged. He didn't get, he didn't get nickel and dime. So maybe, everybody has a different story. So next time we come here, is that the approach you think we should take? I, well, you're, uh, the funny thing is, and we 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 saw him uh, last night, but we didn't get a chance to uh, talk to him. He was they were still on the air, but. Uh, he was going to bring the, the passport back so we could, you could get a look at it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll find it on the Internet. I'll Google fake radio equipment <laughs> passport and see. No, I think it's legit. I think it's legit. I think it's legit. So there I was, just think it's real funny. So there was that in Cancun. Yeah. That, and getting from the airport to the venue takes a long time. It takes a long time retrieving your bags. It takes a long time getting through the security and the shakedown. And then the... <laughs> Hour and fifteen minute bus ride. Well, over. it was almost like uh, like driving on old Independence Boulevard. Yeah, it, it was like uh, it was like two lanes in each direction. Every I don't know seven or eight miles, there was a, lo- a stoplight. Um, it was raining when we got here, but it wasn't raining when we actually got to the hotel. It was just kind of a light mist when we were raining. So we eventually got there, and I, I mean, I, I know that everyone is supposed to be wowed by these resorts. I thought it was fine. I mean, there was, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Well, I think different resorts have different philosophies, right? Like this place, I think the common, the common area was, wasn't as, uh, like in a smaller resort, you have a big common area that you just walk in and like for the buffets and stuff like that. Here, it was, it was kind of like restaurants. They turned into buffets at certain different times. I think they were trying to steer people into more like the specialty restaurants, um, like uh, the the Two nights ago, we went to Umo, which was really good. It was, I would say, it was our type of place. I mean, it was fancy, but it was very much local cuisine. And I'm going to tell you, the and, and, and if you watch the the video that we that we put out about at the end of the trip, the p- pork shank that I got was it, it, I'm not lying. It is one of my probably one of my top five meals ever, and it might be the best pork dish I've ever had in my life. Yeah. So the, the food it was, was pretty good, but the resort is a resort. There are pools, there's beach, there's yeah, sunshine. Yeah, but you didn't. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your resort experience was lodging yourself in the hotel for four days. Well, I have work to do. This you is did a not, work you trip. Did, I know, I no, no, go on vacation, I go no on doubt, vacation. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. The only monoculture you had was uh, on Monday night when we had the banquet, 
and then I think you ran into Tony Rack and, and Mitchell after the game yesterday as you were doing your cursory, you know, I should probably walk around this place for a little bit. Right. Now, I will say this. But again, yeah. if I had walked the entire grounds, if I had spent the entire time outside, I still would have seen pools and a beach, about 85-degree weather, <laughs> pretty humid. It looked like any other resort that you've ever seen. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a, that's a good vacation. But the, It's not the, your vacation. But, but, but it is not distinctive. It is, it is a, a resort with food and drinks, with a beach, and with a pool. And it is not Well, it's distinctive if it's your one. Like, if you only do this once. Absolutely. It would be distinctive. If you've done a, a bunch of resorts like, you know, Tony Rack and I have, uh, not together, just separately, but I know Tony's, you know, world traveler. Um, but uh, it, w- it, was, it was a little different. You know, there wasn't really a beach, per se. Like, it was more like a rocky bluff, but they had, like, these inlets that, that had sand, and they were beachy, but they weren't. It, when you think of, like, a Outer Banks or you think of, like, a Caribbean, it wasn't that type of thing. Right. Uh, the pool was the, so I went to the new pool. They called it the new pool. I don't know how new. I mean, it looked fairly new, but it was where back where Umo was. That was uh, th- I went there after the game last night, kind of relaxed, got in the water. Do you remember what room number we had? Yes. How many times during 51, the trip did 61. I ask you oh what my room goodness. we were in? You know what? And this is Tony Rack's our studio audience. Say we're at the airport here, so we're, we're literally. I could be like, hey, how many points did Elgin Bale have in his last game? David, like, oh, it was thirty-five points, right? Or I could say, hey. Uh, you know, Charles Martin, how many, how many have about North Carolina? Oh, 19 points. 17 times throughout this trip. Hey, Mike, what's our room number? Yeah, I don't remember that. That's a number, though. You're a numbers guy, and I, you didn't remember a number. I frequently bring with me a card that has the room number, but since you were just standing there, I'd yeah. say, what is it? Actually, but I'm not surprised by this, because when we get to a hotel... I never it, know where I am. And it's like the, like the second, or even maybe the third or fourth time we're going to the room. As I, still have to, I still have to, like, oh, no, no, Dave, down here to the right. As opposed to, as opposed to you and Winthrop, uh, sports information director, Brett Redden, who drives on the freeway and go, hey, hey, hey. I think we stopped at that Taco Bell once. Oh, is that? I think that's that Hilton Garden Inn. We we were there once when we absolutely. Which is we all just, have our skills. It's right? such an important detail it's to remember. Detail like to remember. when the women's basketball team played Coastal Carolina in 2007. Yeah. To know if it was the Hilton Garden Inn yeah. or if it was the Marriott right. Inn. That that's really important. That's, it's important. We all I have. Think the we all take in our experiences. More important. <laughs> and the room number. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> if you didn't know the room number, you might you might not have found the room one night. Well, that's true. But, but you never left, but so you, that, that's not really, a, we don't have to worry exactly, about that. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. Now, let's talk about basketball. Sure. We saw basketball. Yeah, this we is the Bearded Carcast. I am Mike Pacheco. He's Dave Freeman. We talked about basketball. Live studio audience We talked audience about some other Cancun, things, Gate too. C7. We did. Did you know before this trip why there are stripes in the referees' jerseys? Well, I figured it had to do something with distinguishing the referees from other people on the field, like players and coaches. Right, but yeah. as it turns out, it was an Eastern Michigan yes. alum who, does not, who came up with the idea and actually put them in That's stripes. right. Right. Now, did you know before this um, the highs and lows of Southern Miss, the fact that they were one of the last schools in the country to no, desegregate. I, I mean, it makes sense, but I did not know did that. Did you know that Jimmy Buffett went there? I, I, no, I don't think I did know did that. Did you know that they've had two successful basketball coaches in the last 20 years, and both of them got them in huge NCAA trouble? I did know that. And we, we, and we, um, and we saw one of them out in Colorado. That's right. Larry, Larry Stacy, yeah. yeah, who I that. enjoyed. Yeah. And it's the only coach I've ever interviewed that was smoking an e-cig while yes. doing the interview. And wasn't he all dressed in black, too? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he was kind of like uh, the man in black there. That's right. And we saw his outfit, by the way, 
at the Hard Rock in Cancun. See, I paid attention of outfits, to how did you like the uh, Fort Wayne coaches' outfits on uh, Wednesday? Yeah, Dave was not a big fan of those. I would describe them as they were they like were navy worse blue. Than Eastern Michigan's defense. And then they were like, <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on a minute. We that we have to go. We got to go back for a minute on that. I, so it was like midway through the second half. Winter was just carving and slicing up Michigan State. I think it was Corey Hightower Michigan. or Eastern Michigan. What did I say? Michigan State, no, and they do wear the same colors because yeah. they're both state schools that's in Michigan. Right, that's right, Eastern Michigan, or, or, or as I said to Sin, Western Western <laughs> Washington or something. Like that. But, <laughs> um, but I think it was Corey Hightower. He was like, basically, there was three guys in the paint. He sliced around all three of them, and just easy layup. It was like Matador defense, as you said. And then Dave, Dave goes, and I've never heard him say this before. And it was absolutely hysteric. This is the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. Well, if if you're driving one on one into the lane, and he's seen you, a lot of basketball, you so might, for you to say that, that means it was. Pretty you bad. might want someone to step up and take a charge, or you might want someone to kind of feign like they're trying to make right. a play on the right. ball, or they right. have their hands up straight. You know, maybe Just, because there was no official review replay that they right. thought that maybe the, maybe right. that tape wasn't going to be available. just letting the guy go and lay the ball in that's not particularly effective defense yeah. i haven't seen a coaching clinic where they've recommended that tactic <laughs> before but you know it's a new age it's the transfer right. portal era so maybe things are different right now. the matador defense it's a matador defense yeah. now that being said Winthrop's win in Game 2 was very encouraging because I think a lot of people Absolutely. were down after Absolutely. Game 1. They really played an okay first half yeah. in Game 1 against Southern Miss, and the second half was not pretty. Well, you know, and not, you know we're not making excuses. You know, the team's a little bit depleted. You know, uh, no Case and Harrison in that game, no Howie Fleming in that game. Michael Moore wasn't able to be on this trip, so um, there was no help there. So they were a little bit thin in, in the point guard position. And when you turn the ball over 22 times and the other team scores, I think, like 24 or 25 points off turnovers, and you score like six. Right. You know, it, it, that's, it, that, you know that was kind of, to me, that was like the, the big difference in the game. You, you limit those turnovers, and, you know, maybe that second half's a little bit different. Well, I, I think there was a coach at Winthrop that used to tell us that the other team has scholarship players what? and coaches that are being paid to. Are you sure to, about that? Right. So yeah. the Southern Miss coaching staff. You know, NFL players get paid, too. Is that right? Yeah. Southern Miss coaching staff recognized that Winthrop only had one point guard draft, and maybe they should pressure and see what happens and go into the post and only one point guard wasn't enough to break that pressure but when Casey Harrison played in game two all of a sudden things went a lot more smoothly and I think it was a great bounce back game for Corey Hightower too I mean he had 23 points he was unstoppable and you know I, don't, I, I know we've mentioned this a lot but you know Kelton Telford like does not cease to amaze me every time he steps on the court and just when I think you know what wow he's pretty good then he does something else or makes another move, and I'm like, man, he just keeps getting better. Yeah, he's had a terrific start to the year. Winthrop is doing something this year that I don't know in our time if we've seen. They're consistently getting to the free throw line 20 and 25 yeah. times a game, and that's a good formula long term. It's also worth noting that in the game against Eastern Michigan, Eastern Michigan has a player, Amani Bates, who at one time was the number one recruit in the country, was on the cover yeah. of Sports Illustrated at the age of 15. And he's had some off-field issues, and it didn't work out at Memphis, but Chase Clackton locked him up. Well, and he locked Austin Crowley down in the first game. Austin Crowley was kind of the big stud for uh, Southern Miss. And, you know, once Austin Crowley really got going in the second half, no fault of Chase's, but because they turned a lot of turnovers into points the other way, and a lot of his points were in transition. So when you look at, like, half-court defense and, like, like man, literally man-to-man -man defense, 
Chase was terrific. And then he did the same thing against Amani Bates. I mean, Amani Bates basically was like no mas. Yeah, threw in the towel. Threw in and the that, towel. That's really good. Now the and then he got some garbage points after Chase fouled out. Now the boarding process has begun. Do, I don't mean want, we got to get on the plane. I don't, I don't want you to go excited here. Yep. The plane is going to leave with everyone. Right. We, we don't have to jump the gun. They're yes, only we do, on because I got to pack my stuff up. Oh, you're not packing man. it up. You just how about a, how about a, a well thought through final thought yeah. on the trip? The good, the bad, the ugly. Where <laughs> this leads us. I think hopefully this is. All right. See you later. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Outlook.com. No, I think this is uh, very much a similar place to where we were last year. Uh, Winthrop had a three-game losing streak. Uh, they, they Actually, it was the inverse last year. They didn't play well in the first half against Washington State, played much better, came back, made it a game in the second half, and then go and beat Washington uh, almost a week later. Actually, it was about a year ago now, right? That was exactly. the Thanksgiving trip last year. And I think that helped kind of build the foundation for a good conference season. So I think hopefully that's where we're at now. Yeah, I mean, playing and the trip was great. I, I uh, enjoyed myself immensely. It was a good time. Thanks to uh, everybody for coming along with us. And, well, I and just hope next year's fun. MTE is in one of the sister cities of Cancun. Oh, yeah, Wichita, Romania. Naperville, Illinois, yep. or uh, whatever the you name of that the city, name, city in, in Romania, Romania yeah. was. Because I think that I think would be would, a nice event. I would say this. There was no, like, goodie bag in this trip. Well, you, we haven't. As, as a media member. You know, yeah, yeah. It Usually was, they give you like a, a the, media the trip and the place was fine. Yeah, the was basketball was, was more good than bad. And now we've got Tacoa Falls to think about. All right, so Dave's going to leave me while I pack up. So uh, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. We'll see you later from Cancun.